Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. Okay. Did you know that when lightning strikes on Saturn, it rains diamonds? Did you know that? Technically, methane is turned into carbon soot, and it hardens, falls to the ground first as graphite, and then as diamonds, big enough for a ring. Or how about this? Did you know that the average cumulus cloud, those are those nice white fluffy ones, the average cumulus cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds? Did you know that? And you're all wondering, how come it doesn't fall out of the sky? Or how about this? Did you know that snails have 14,000 teeth? Did you know that last year, the world record for solving the Rubik's Cube was 4.22 seconds? Imagine! Or maybe you already know this one, kids. Do you know that even though there are many different colors of Fruit Loops, they are all the same flavor? (laughs) I had a suspicion. Or here's one that'll probably keep you thinking the rest of the day. Not the rest of the message, but the rest of the day. The letter A doesn't appear in any spelled out number until the number 1,000. Okay, now don't spend the rest of the message thinking about that one. (laughs) Some of those things, they may may amaze us more than others, but did you know that as Jesus began his earthly ministry, he was often surrounded by people who were amazed by him, by his teachings, by what he did, what he said. In fact, the people who encountered Jesus, who came into contact with him, were often left in wild amazement. And I want to read about one of those times today. So if you have your Bible with you or a device, we're going to look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 17. Okay, so let's read it together. It's on the screens too. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying out a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone. Jesus knew, of course, what they were thinking and asked, 
what are you think, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Verse 26, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. You may be familiar with this story. Jesus, he's in Capernaum staying at a friend's house, and lots and lots of people came to see him. Now, imagine, if you will, that it's your house. You're home, you're cooking dinner for your family, and your, your son or your daughter, your husband or your wife, they call and they say, hey, can I bring a friend for dinner? A friend? Sure, one friend, why not? Except it wasn't just one friend. Because one person turned into many, and before you know it, someone is dismantling the roof to get into your house. I mean, come on. They did this because it wasn't just mom's famous chicken casserole for dinner. And it wasn't the year's best party. And it wasn't just the guy from the office inside the house. It was Jesus. And the people who packed the house, they marveled at his teachings, and they were in awe of who he was. Why? Because they already saw what had happened to people who encountered Jesus. And as one author puts it, those who encountered Christ, they were awestruck by his teachings, by his healings, and his mind-bending miracles. Here's the thing. Jesus left a trail of wonder. Now, kids, I know you're tracking along with that word wonder, so this is the first time you hear it. So all hands on deck now. You're going to be counting it from here on out, okay? Jesus left a trail of wonder behind him. And in this moment in time, in this crowded, roofless house, it was no different. And so these friends, they lower this paralyzed man into the house to be healed. Their faith was great, and they had every expectation that Jesus would deliver. And he did. He first attended to matters of the heart and forgave sins. And then when he was pressed for more, he completely healed this paralyzed man who walked away from the house that day. He came in through the roof, but he walked out on his own two feet through the door. And look in verse 26 at the response of the people. In the New Living Translation, it's on the screen. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praise God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. We have seen amazing things today. Again, as only he could do, Jesus left a trail of wonder that day. So here we are at the final Sunday of the year, of the decade even. Imagine that. For some of us, 
we lost in 2019. 2019 got the best of us. We're defeated, broken, even underwhelmed. And simply put, life has drained the life out of you, right? Maybe some of you can identify with that. We've let the mundane drown out the marvelous. We've permitted the fear to override the hope. And we've allowed the questions to speak louder than the answer. Maybe some in the crowd that day had gotten to the same place. And they could have given up, but they didn't. And we can look back and see obstacles that we've had to overcome, challenges that we've faced, the rat race that we've been running. And we can give up in defeat or we can press through with hope. And when we look at Luke chapter 5, the people, they came with hope. They had heard that Jesus could do something because wherever Jesus went, wonder and awe followed. But before the wonder, there was a need, a paralyzed man. Before the awe, there was an obstacle. They were unable to get to Jesus. And before the amazement, there was even a little doubt that physical healing could take place. And what threads these three things together, the need, the obstacle, and the doubt, is the hopeful pursuit that Jesus would do something. And he did. And that day, their mind was blown and the wonder was ignited because they had encountered Jesus. As we look ahead to a brand new year, a new decade, I want to encourage us today to press in despite the obstacles that we're going to face. Press in and encounter Jesus. Don't let the mundane mute the master. Instead, determine that you will be wowed by the wonder of God. Let yourself linger in his presence. And as we do, I'm confident we'll be left in wild amazement too because of who he is and because of what he's done. So how do we get there? Well, I want to submit to you three ways that we can ignite the wonder in 2020. Now, I'm sure there's lots of other ways too, but I'm going to put three in front of you today. Three ways that we can ignite the wonder as we head into 2020. The first one, remember the wonder. Remember the wonder. When I was in high school, now I'm going to date myself here, I really wanted a swatch. Do you remember that? Thank you. Now, it was no Apple Watch, but it was popular in those days, and all my friends had one. And I remember on Christmas morning opening the package and being wowed by the very thing I wanted so badly. It was awesome to hold my own swatch. I wore it proudly 
But you know, that's a material thing. I also remember cramming into homes past midnight into the wee hours of the morning when I was in university with other university students who were hungry for God and who came to wait in the presence of the Lord. I also remember a moment, the very moment I set my feet on the floor, the day that I had to go and buy my passport. It was the day the, the rubber met the road. It was the day that, that I had to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was God calling me to move across the globe. And I remember that moment. I also remember a moment when I had to make a choice. Do I give as I had intended to give to God? Or do I pay, use that money and pay the bill that just came in? And I chose to give to God. And I remember the next day or a couple of days later receiving funds that were unexpected. And you got it. It covered the bill. I remember those things. I remember being wowed by God. In Joshua chapter 3 and 4, Joshua commanded the Israelites to build a memorial of stones as a public testimony of what God had done for them. How he brought them through the desert, how he rolled back the river to let them cross over. And the stones, they would remind them of what he'd done and help them to remember to keep pressing on, to keep praising God. It would be the reminder to them that God was near and he was present and he was never going to leave them. It would be the reminder that he, would, he saw them through then and he will see them through again. When the wonder had waxed cold and when the awe had fizzled out and when the doubt was searing hot, the stones would remind them that God was good. It was these things that would again spur them to remember that God was a marvelous God. This year, as we head into 2020, remember those moments when God awed you. Write it down in a book. Maybe you want to stick it on a sticky and put it on a mirror. Put it on your phone. Type it into your fancy watch. Whatever you need to do, do it. And remember that the same God who saw you through then will be present yet again to see you through now. So keep praising him. Keep pursuing him. Remember. Remember the wonder in 2020. The second thing we can do to ignite the wonder is to be careful that we don't overlook the wonder. Have you ever gotten in the car and, and drove somewhere and then realized you had no idea how you got there? Am I the only one that that happens to? Sometimes we're so distracted by something else that we naturally go into autopilot, right? We're in autopilot mode on those things that we, we do day after day without thinking like driving the car on Lansdowne Street. 
Sadly, our relationship with Jesus can be the same. We come to church because it's Sunday. We go to life group because that's what the pastor says is good for us. We read our Bibles, but as we are, we're thinking about the day's to-do list. And just like that, we're in autopilot mode. We're going through the motions just because. And what happens? We overlook the wonder. In Isaiah 29, verse 13 and 14, it says, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is, merely, is based on merely human rules. They have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. Don't overlook the wonder. Don't pass it over without pausing to be awed. Don't let the words of Isaiah 29 be our truth. That we would honor God with our lips while our hearts are so far from him. Instead, let God astound you with wonder upon wonder. Look for it. And when you find it, pause. A couple of summers ago, we went, to the, went east to PEI for our summer vacation. We arrived, we set up camp, and decided to take a little drive through a national park that was situated right along the coast. It was just as the sun was setting over the Atlantic. We stopped, we got out of the car, and we ran to the edge of the cliff, and we paused to marvel at the beauty, to compliment the Creator. The image is still burned in my memory. We stopped there for a few moments because we were wonderstruck. We could have drove on by. We could have overlooked something spectacular. But we didn't. We stopped and we allowed the time for wonder. Folks, be careful not to overlook God and what he's doing in, through, and around you. As you read your Bible, let the truth of Scripture sink in. Listen in quiet to the Holy Spirit as he whispers these truths to you, as he quiets you, as he sings over you. Don't allow yourself to brush over passages of Scripture without letting them grip your heart. Read your Bible with expectation. Pray with anticipation. We must be vigilant that we don't let our relationship with God hit autopilot because if we do, we risk overlooking the wonder. So in 2020, remember the wonder. Don't overlook the wonder. And finally, these things are possible as we are diligent to make room for the wonder. I can't overemphasize the importance of having margin in our lives. Space to do things that are out, outside of the normal routine. 
Unfortunately, many of us have absolutely no margin in our lives. We hit the ground running each morning. Demands on us from home, from work, from church, from, from the kids, from the kids' school, even the family pet. We can't keep up. And the first thing to go should always be the last thing to go. And that's our time with God. We need to create space in our lives for God. You know I'm not a gardener. But my mother-in-law taught me a very valuable gardening lesson. When she said to be sure to remove the dead heads of a plant. At first, I thought it was kind of silly. Removing these dead heads would surely kill the whole thing. But it didn't. When I removed the dead heads, something beautiful happened. New buds grew in. Why? Because I created space for something new to grow. When we create space, things grow. Create space in your lives for God. Maybe you need to remove something or a few things that aren't producing fruit anymore. But as you do, I think you'll see that something beautiful will happen. As you pr prioritize God this year, you just may be surprised to see the wonder ignite it. In a minute, the team is going to come back. Kids, you made it almost to the end. Well done. Every Christmas, I ponder the time between the Old and the New Testaments. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Bible, the Bible is divided into two, two big sections, the Old and the New Testament. The first part, the Old Testament, is before Jesus came, and it's about the plan God had to provide a Savior. And then the second part is about Jesus coming. But I always, at this time of year especially, find myself thinking about the in-between time. It might surprise some of you to know that hundreds of years spanned the time between the Old and the New Testament. Generations passed without seeing the fulfillment of the promise that God would save them, that a Messiah would step into their every day, days that were filled with bleak bondage and desolation, and he would step in with hope that he would save them and put their governors at that time in their place. I imagine how dark those days, years Decades, even generations must have been days without wonder. But then, but then Jesus came and the weary world rejoiced because everyone who would thereafter encounter Jesus, they would never be the same, not then and not now. And like those who lowered the paralytic man 
through the roof that day, those who encountered firsthand the wild amazement of Jesus, as we pull up close to him, we can experience this wild amazement too. So I challenge you this year, ignite the wonder. Remember the wonder. Don't overlook the wonder. And please, please, make room for the wonder. And as you do, weary souls, rejoice. Be awed by Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Let him astound you with wonder upon wonder this year. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've not made room in your life for the Savior. I can think of no better way to head into this new decade than with Jesus. Let him ignite the wonder inside of you as you make a decision to be a follower of Christ. And we'd like to help you with that. So you can talk to one of us. Maybe you can talk with the person you came with. But consider Jesus this morning. God wants to do great things in us, through us, and around us. We just need to watch, make space, and not go into autopilot. And as we do, I think we'll be more and more aware of the presence of the Lord and his activity around us. And so God, today, we thank you for who you are. And sometimes we don't let ourselves sit still long enough to ponder that. And so I pray that as the challenge has been extended today, that we will receive it, myself as well, to make space, to set up reminders of what you've already done, and to not overlook who you are and what you're doing but to celebrate it. And that it would be what encourages us to step forward, what gives us the boldness to step forward, the promise that you are near. And so may this year, may this decade be the best yet because you have ignited again the wonder in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The team's going to lead us. You can take a moment and, and sit and just respond to the word of the Lord this morning. May God bless you and Happy New Year. Thanks, Janine.